0: Uh, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good of Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tetzaveh. In addition to Parshas Tetzaveh, which according to the Chinah contains seven mitzvot, four positive and three restrictions, this Shabbos we take out a second Sefer Torah and we read the second of the four Parshios, namely Parshas Zohar. Parshas Zohar, according to most authorities, is considered a biblical obligation to read from a Sefer Torah. Namely, it's important to know that the Kriyas HaTorah this Shabbos, that of Parshas Tetzaveh, and for that matter, most every Shabbos, the reading of the Torah is a Rabbinic Mitzvah. However, the reading of Parshas Zohar, which comes from the last three psukim of Parshas Kiseitze, this is considered a Biblical mitzvah, to remember what Amalek did to the Jewish people. Now, it is read, Pasha Zohar, every year on the Shabbos before Purim, because, as we read in the Megillah, Haman, ho- Agogi, Haman, a descendant of a Amalek, and therefore, before we read about the story and the intention of Haman to, God forbid, annihilate the Jewish people, we have Harsha Zahar reminding us of this Biblical obligation. Quickly... The three psukim at the end of Ketzei say tell us to remember what Amalek did to us when we were leaving Mitzrayim. When did Amalek attack us? After the splitting of the Red Sea, which took place one week after we left Egypt, prior to our receiving the Torah. So somewhere after the first week, before the seventh week that we left Egypt, that was the time when Amalek attacked us. Now, that's the first puzzle. Remember what Amalek did to you. Asher Korcho who chanced upon you in on the way and he attacked you from behind. Namely, the stragglers, the weak ones, you, the Jewish people, were faint and exhausted, and he, Amalek, the Elohim. Amalek did not fear God. Therefore, the Torah mandates, and it shall be, when God gives you rest from all your enemies around in the land that Hashem, your God, gives you. Has an inheritance to possess it. You shall a You shall blot out the memory of a from under the heavens. Lo tishkach. You shall not forget the necessity for the Torah to say both remember and not to forget. Leads our rabbis <coughs> to understand zachor ba'per. It's not enough to remember with one's mind, but rather what is to articulate, literally with one's mouth. Lo tishkach, what is not to forget, balev in their heart. I will return in a few moments to Pasha Zohar. I'd like to connect it, however, to one of the mitzvos found in Pasha's Tetzaveh. The first part of Parshas Tetzaveh, and indeed the first 43 Sukim of Parshas Tetzaveh, chapter 28 in the Chumash of the Book of Shmos, deals with the big day kohuna, the special garments that the Kohen wore in the Beis HaMikdash. The regular Kohen wore four garments, And the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, wore an additional four garments for a total of eight. Now, I'd like to focus for a moment on the 100th mitzvah in the Torah as following the count of the Sefer HaChinuch. And that mitzvah is literally, that the breastplate which had on it the twelve stones reflecting the stone of each tribe should not come loose from the ephod, the apron worn by the Kohen Gadol. Now, this is a rather challenging mitzvah. It affected one man when we had a on HaMikdash and this is counted as one of the six thirteen 13 mitzvahs of the Torah. The Torah does not tell us why. So the Chinuch goes with the idea that it's to remind us of the state of perfection that everything had to be in the on HaMikdash And no aesthetic excellence should be lacking in any of the objects. And therefore, forgive me, it appears that just as if someone was getting dressed for a special occasion and his tie was not on straight, so fix the tie. Here too, rather than the breastplate should be bouncing around, on the chest of the Kohen Gadol, the Torah says, make sure that it is fastened properly to the ephod the apron of the Kohen Gadol. Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zich Tzadik, the Kadosh Levracha, whose 29th yard site we observe this forthcoming week on Tanis Esther, says in his understanding of this mitzvah, in his Dorash Moshe, something very interesting. He cites from the Gemara in Zavachim, Peiches Amitbez, 88b. The Gemara teaches us that each of the garments of the Kohen, Godol, atoned for a different sin. And therefore the choshen, the breastplate, atoned for dinim, mu'vas hadin, rashi in our parsha kilkil hadin, miscarriages of justice. And the fold, the apron, mechaper al avodas kochavim, for the sin of idolatry. Rav goes on to explain that the root of idolatry is lack of emuna, which is lack of proper belief in Hashem. And the sin of Ivos Hamishpat or Kilkal Hadin, the miscarriage of justice, is not only for a Dayan, a judge, but any individual who is dishonest in business, rationalizing for himself all kinds of reasons why this would be, quote, permissible. So, really, what is at the root of Ivus Hadin? What is at the root of a person not following the law? The root of this is a lack of belief. If one believed that God is properly in control, that God gives each man what he needs and what's coming to him, one would not lie and cheat and do these kind of negative things to the next one. Now, fascinating, I'd like to connect this with Pasha Zohar. How so? The Torah says, you remember, in the second verse of Zohar, that a Molech was Lo yore elokim, that a Molech literally did not fear God. Now, I believe we have the right to ask, my goodness, did a Molech go to the yeshiva? That in which case we can say, aha, he had every reason for not being God-fearing, why does the Torah expect this of a Amalek and hold him literally accountable, responsible for his not-fearing God? So, interestingly, I saw a very nice idea that explains this lack of Yirei Elohim, not his not-fearing God. And that is the term, Yir As Elokim, is found four times in the Torah. The first time is found in Bereshes, chapter 20, Pasuk 11, when Avraham tells Avimelech that Sarah is his wife, Sarai at the time, excuse me, that she is his sister. And not his wife. So Avimelech says, Why? Why did you lie to me? And Avram says, Kiyomarti, Rak Elokim, I thought, and I said to myself, There is no fear of God in this place. And therefore Vaharaguni were I to tell you the truth, you would have killed me and taken my wife. The second time that we find this is Yosef the viceroy in Egypt, in chapter 42, Pasuk 18, he holds Shimon behind. He sends the brothers back, and he sends them back with provisions. And he says to them, Zos asu this is what you shall do and live, meaning to bring back down Binyamin. Eswe kim I fear God. Interesting that Yosef uses this line, fearing God. The third time is the midwives in Egypt, in Shmos, chapter 1, verse 17. They disobey Paro's orders. They don't listen to Paro. Why? They feared God. And the fourth time is Amalek, who the Torah condemns and says that Interesting. If you think about it, the three... Well, really, all four of these situations are addressed to non-Jews. Watch. Avram says that I would expect better, and I see that there is no fear of God in your community. What does that mean? That there is no care and proper concern for the weak and the stranger. In other words, God gives man an innate awareness of the dignity of man, and therefore we are to act in accordance with each and every person that way. And so, even Avimelech was to conduct himself that way. Yosef didn't want to give himself away to his brothers at this point. That doesn't happen until Pasha's Vayigash. And so Yosef is able to say, Eswe lo kim ani yore, because I am sensitive to you who are strangers, and therefore I act in a certain proper way towards you. And so too the Mialdos, the midwives. They conducted themselves with fear of God and did not kill the baby boys of the strangers in Egypt. And finally, a malek who attacks the defenseless, those who are weak, right? This is, unfortunately, an exhibition of the lack of iras elokim. And so, Rav Salavechik, Zeichat Tzadik pointed out, in the name of his father, Rav Moshe that that Amalek today is not necessarily an ethnic group, but rather, any nation that has, as its raison d'etre, to God forbid, destroy the Jewish people, that is a Amalek. And so, ISIS and Iran are a modern-day Amalek. But more than that, their distortion of yiras elokim their distortion of the fear of god turns unfortunately into a greater evil into a greater evil which is their manner of operation unfortunately their wickedness and that's why perhaps interestingly there is a mitzvah on Purim, that we're going to, please God, celebrate next Thursday of Matanos Le'evionim, giving gifts to the poor. Because we fulfill Mechias Amalek, we fulfill a defeating of the philosophical level of Amalek by our... Helping the weak, by our helping the depressed, by our helping the impoverished. Just the opposite of a Molech who took advantage of them. And so, Parshas Zohar is to be understood on the literal sense. We are to harbor enmity against a and on another level as well our understanding that unfortunately a lack of Yiras Elukim which is Amalek is guilty of as the Torah charges against them is really going against the very innate nature of man to extend dignity to one another and this behooves us that we are to adopt this very positive way of life towards all. Shabbat shalom to all.